This is a Safety First podcast show. I have a very special guest today, Mr. Lou Soriano. Thank you so much for coming on my show. Really appreciate it. Um, so let's jump into it. We yep. actually connected on, on social media. Uh-huh. Uh, we definitely have a lot of people that are in the same circle, and I feel like, you know, one thing led to another, and we actually formed the group, the Hustle Squad. Hustle Squad, baby. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. Of yep. course. So why don't, you tell, why don't you tell the audience what the Hustle Squad is? All right. Good. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so first of all, thank you for having me, Mike. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And uh, we have connected, as you said, through Instagram. We chopped it up a little bit. We've had even a couple, uh, one or two video calls, yes. I think, right? Um, and Hustle Squad, yeah, so I started seeing what you were doing on Instagram, as well as Matter of Visual, Sean Waller, yes. myself, and although we're in different industries, I felt like there was a, there was similarities in that you were providing educational content. So was Matt, so was Sean, Sean, free game Sean, I call him, right? Yes. He was doing yes. all that. And I felt I was doing the same thing. Um, add to that that we're all people of color, right? Sure. I'm Puerto Rican. Um, I am too, by the way. Oh, is that right? 100%. I was going to ask you about that. I am. Yep. Boricua, okay. Yes. So I don't speak it that well. I don't think you do either. I saw you I've taking I've been practicing the... and learning like religiously every day. Awesome. Yeah. Good for you. I need to. Um, and I was at one time, but that aside, um, that was another similarity that I saw. So I said, you know what? We're all out here hustling. We should form our little squad and support each other. And uh, as a result, that that's where this whole hustle squad mentality came from. Of where, course. you know, if I see you post something, I want to support it. Likewise, share it, yeah, sure. And likewise, so it's been nice. And I also feel like um, it's all about the people that you're surrounded with. And, and one of the reasons why, aside from that, why I wanted to bring you on my show is because I saw you on, on Handsome Home Buyers podcast show, mm -hmm. along with a few others. And I just feel like you're such an easy guest to have where just the the conversations are just organic. And, and not only that, but you drop a lot of gems in, uh, Thank in your you. podcast. <laughs> Thank you for saying that. Um, and I, I, I try to keep it natural. Listen, I realized something um, as I've gotten older, 52 now. You Definitely start, don't look it. Thank you. <laughs> you start seeing life a little differently. And you start realizing like, hey, I don't want to keep holding back. I want to just be, I'm good enough. Like mm -hmm. whatever I am, it's good enough. You know, I feel that way for sure. Mm -hmm. And so you start getting a little more comfortable in your own skin where like I was telling my daughter, who's with us today, a story about when we were driving uh, here about a building I passed that I had to go in there and pay a bill and I was late and they were going to, yeah. you know, all this stuff. And it's just funny how back then, you know, I had all these insecurities. I wasn't feeling really good about myself right, right. And paying bills late. And now here I am 30 years later yeah. and I'm managing people's money, helping them with their taxes, making content about yeah, sure. finances. So it just goes to show you how things go full circle and, and you get a little more comfortable with yourself. Of course. So before we jump into what what you do, um, give us a, a quick bio about yourself as to what got you up to this point. Mm -hmm. Okay, so quick bio. I'm a Brooklyn kid, Brentwood kid. Um, I, that's like my younger ages, right? Mm -hmm. So I uh, went to high school in Brentwood, grew up, born and raised in Brooklyn, moved out to Long Island in early 80s, went to high school in Brentwood, um, and you know, married, three kids, that's all on the personal side. Sure, sure. On the professional side, I was in a technical career prior to becoming a financial planner, 
certified financial planner. I like to point that out. Of I'm course. very proud of that designation. As took you should a, be. Thank you. It took me a long time to get it. Um, and, you know, I just kind of transitioned. I wasn't happy in my technical career. There were some limitations there, much like, much like yourself. I know yes. you, you made some transitions in your life. Yes, I did. Um, and we all get to that point, and some people decide to just, you know, stay on that path. Other people say, hey, I think there's more. And, you know, they go on that tangent path, and that's what I did. And went to school, went back to school in my late 30s, mm-hmm. <laughs> mid-30s, early 30s. Um, got my CFP designation and uh, been doing it ever since and been very happy. That's awesome. Yep. And you definitely brought up a good point about, um, you know, making certain transitions because I wasn't always a home inspector, as, as you mentioned. Yep. Um, I definitely tried things that did not work. And I'll openly say that because I had to kind of fail my way to where I'm at now mm-hmm. uh, with multiple different endeavors. I just, you know, you got to... Sometimes test the waters and just see what works and what doesn't. Right. You know, and and I feel like that's all part of the journey. And when you're going through it, you know, it's very frustrating. It's very, you know, um, but I feel like once you once you get over the hump, you look back like that had to happen. And you're so it had to happen. Right. And I'm always <laughs> telling my kids these stories. Like yeah. I was saying, I was telling my daughter a story on the way here. Because those are the building blocks, Mike, that we all grow from. And then those are the things that we use as references to other people to inspire and to to motivate, whether it's our own family members like my kids or other people. You do a great job of that, too. You motivated me. That was Uh, my next question. Yeah, man. Go ahead. Go, baby. (laughs) So speaking of motivating and and things like that, you're waking up early. You're exercising. So. Talk, walk us through that that process. All right. So here's the process. <laughs> I was always an early riser. Mm-hmm. I always went to the gym in the mornings. And to be uh, perfectly honest, the past couple of years, like two or three years, I've gotten away from that. I was going to the gym in the morning. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, but it was sporadic, right? Then I get a hold of you, <laughs> or you got a hold of me, yeah. I should say, when we had our little uh, Zoom call. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and I was like, bro, you're getting up early, like 4 a.m. Like, what the hell is that about? It's you're doing day. like, yeah, you're running miles and like Tim's on and, you know, every construction day. boots and 4 in the morning. I'm like, man, I should at least get up at 6, right? Mm-hmm. It's like I'm slacking if I'm up at 6. That's like you're ready <laughs> oh, for lunch yeah. at 6 That's, o'clock. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I casually mentioned that to you that, yeah, I'm going to start getting up early and going to the gym and this and that. And then you said, "Say that again," and you recorded did, it yeah. and shared. It. And I was like, yep. "Oh shit, I'm on the, uh, I'm on the bubble now. I better do Definitely. it." I said, uh, and I did. So I did that for like all of January. I was very diligent about it. Mm-hmm. Not gonna lie, I've been slipping a little bit here and there. But I'll tell you what: if I'm not at the gym, I'm working out at home. I got a Peloton bike at home, so I'm trying to do things. But I am getting up earlier, much earlier mm-hmm. than I was before, and uh, I have you to thank for that. So thank you, bro. Well. You're very welcome. Uh huh. I I post those things just to show people that if I can do it, literally anybody can do it. Because mm-hmm. I've gotten I've gotten multiple messages like I'm trying to wake up earlier now because I see how consistent you are and right. You know, I always use the platform to if I'm doing something that's 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 been working for me and self improving, then mm-hmm. why not share it? You know, right. Um. So aside from that, 
Now, you said you're a CPA, right? CFP. C- certified. CFP, I'm sorry. It's easy to get confused. A yes. lot of people do. Yep. So what what is that exactly? So a certified financial planner, unlike a CPA, so a CPA is a certified public accountant. Right. So they deal primarily or only in taxation. Uh, CFP, you know, you're talking investments, estate planning, taxation, insurance. Um, so it's a little more holistic type of planning, overall planning. So if you speak with a CFP, um, I happen to have a tax practice too. So I prepare taxes and I uh, manage investments for my clients. But some CFPs only do, let's say, estate planning, or they might just specialize in investments only. Some do a combination. So unlike a CPA, um, you know, they kind of have an overarching um, understanding of all disciplines of mm-hmm. financial planning. And that's, that's the difference between a CFP, certified financial planner, and a CPA, uh, certified public account. And I'm guessing you have, you have clients that, that range, whether they're entry level or... Yep. So, funny story, when I first got into the business, even before I was a CFP, I was licensed in investments. Mm-hmm. So CFP is like, you know, uh, it's a designation you go back to school for and you sure. take a certification exam. Um, but I was working with people who could put away $50 a month, so on and so forth. I still work with people who have, you know, small amounts to invest. I work with people who have hundreds of thousands of dollars. Sure. So to me, there is no minimum because I just want to help as many people as possible. So that's something I try to, um, and it's something I learned in my own life, Mike, was you don't need to wait. And I was just speaking with two realtors this week about this very topic is don't wait until you have like this nest egg, like, oh, I'm going to wait until I got 5,000, 10,000 to invest. Don't do it. You got a hundred dollars a month, do a hundred dollars a month. You got a thousand to invest, do that. Get started. Just like we were talking about with physical fitness and exercise. Always the first step. You can't wait until like, oh, I'll wait until I lose 20 pounds and I'm starting to go back to the gym. No, you'll lose the 20 pounds (laughs) as as you you start going to the gym. So, um, it's, it's, you know, that's the kind of approach I take still to this day. I don't have any account minimums. I work with clients um, no matter what, what they have. So. And, and with your experience, do you find like a common common mistake, I'll say, that what what people do with their money that you would just strongly advise against that you might see just, you know, throughout the course of your... Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, listen, money is... Uh, it's a funny thing, right? It's hard to judge. It's hard to tell people. I have some things I probably do with my money that I could do better with, right? Sure. And I'm a certified financial right. planner, right? Um, but the one thing, I, the one big thing I would emphasize or one thing I would say that um, I hope is not as common anymore is that people don't get started, right? So my thing is just start early. That's that's the thing because you can't get the time back. I'm big on time. Of course. Um you know, by the time you wait five years later, when you think that's the right time, well, right. you lost five years of compound interest, five years of market appreciation, things like that. Um, I do think that we all spend a lot of money. Listen, we're Americans, right? We're yes, we, we consume a lot. We consume a lot. Yeah. So that's where I say I even I could do better, right? Yes. I'm always buying stuff. Um, some stuff I don't need, but oh, I like this. Of I like that. You know, so. 
Yeah, we all could do that. And same with the nutrition side, right? We we love to. Yeah, <laughs> it's a definitely. good parallel yeah. analogy, I think. So as uh, that's just something that's common in this country, I guess. So people definitely need to live below their means, and mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm sure you've heard of the total money makeover, Dave Ramsey. Yes. I'm familiar with Dave Ramsey's. Um, I don't follow him heavy like that, yes, but I, I know a lot of people. He's got a strong, strong following. Yeah, mm-hmm. so his book, The Total Money Makeover, it's just basically by any means necessary, just stay out of debt. Yep. And there's been people, you know, because I'll read reviews and things like that. You're an avid reader. I uh, am. Huge, I know. Yeah. Yep. There's a funny story about that. I I got started reading. We'll go off topic for a second. I got started reading simply because a friend of mine recommended that I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm-hmm. Before that, I'd never read, I'd never. And I'm ashamed to say that, that I just never was right. into books. But once I read that book, it was like, all right, I finished the book in probably 24 hours. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't put it down. I right? couldn't put it down. Yeah. And then after that, I was like, all right, I need to keep reading now. And that was probably six, seven years ago. Ever since then, it's just one book after the other. Now it's right. just... It's part of who I am now. Yeah. So it's funny you mentioned, again, yeah, yeah. a little tangent. And yes. I'm known for hijacking podcasts, by Please the way. Please do. Please do. <laughs> I think that's like my reputation <laughs> now. Everyone I go on, I start no going on tangents and asking other questions. Uh, but I told my daughter, Lauren, who's sitting off to the side here, about Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm. And I downloaded the book for her this week, send it to my—I have three kids. Yes. Send it to all three of them. And I said, I want you guys to listen to this book as they start getting a little older now. Mm-hmm. My twins are uh, going to be 21. My son is 23, going to mm-hmm. be 24. I said, this is the age where you got to start, yes. you know, consuming this type of thing. Yes. Because you're going to see it's going to make a big difference in your life. Yeah, that one that one definitely was because that's, that's what honestly started my whole entrepreneurial mind frame. Mm-hmm. And then one thing led to another where once, you know, I just kept reading over and over and then where I was working at the time slowed down. I was a union carpenter and just like any other trade uh, in construction, there right. were layoffs and I just never looked back. Right. Because Good. of all the information that I acquired just throughout the years I was just reading. Right. So, so it the, motivated you to yeah. take the leap of faith and start your yeah. own thing. Because prior to me even reading, when I would get laid off, I would just put my, I would put my name on the out of work list and then, you know, they would go through right. the motions and then I, I'd literally be sitting around until I get called back again. So thankfully, that's not the case now, you know. <laughs> well, you're, you're a busy man now. And I'm going to recommend the book to you, Mike, which is um, The E-Myth I've been, by Michael yes, Gerber. That's on my to-do list. I, okay. just, I just downloaded yesterday Atomic Habits, I think it's called. Well, like Robert Kiyosaki, yeah. um, Michael Gerber probably has a ton of books, mm-hmm. but it's like, uh, you know, your favorite rapper or your favorite rock star. Yeah. That first album is the one that's hidden, right? <laughs> that's the one that you keep going back to. Those are the classics, right? Yeah. Well, with Robert Kiyosaki, I feel like that was the case with Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Absolutely. And then he came back with, he came out with like a hundred other he did. Rich Dad, Poor yes. Dad, Home Inspector, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, yeah. Planner. <laughs> yes, he it did. It was like based on... Yep. But that the first one, one he had, yeah, yeah, that was good too. Cashflow quadrants, yes. But the first one that was like the classic mm-hmm. cashflow quadrant was his follow up. Yep. Then they kind of become repetitive. Yeah. I, you know, uh, Michael Gerber, he, he has a series of books too, very similar to um, Robert they all Kiyosaki. Do, yeah. But the first book, the E Myth, because the difference is 
the E-Myth gave us all the concept of, hey, you could work for money in nine to five, or you could start a business, invest, real estate, have passive income, have money work for you. Of course. The E-Myth addresses, okay, once you decide to do that, you need systems in place. Yes. So that you can run, you can make money without being there because a lot of us own jobs. We don't own businesses. Although we say, I right. own a business, this is true to some degree, but if you're not there, you're not making make, money. Exactly. So yeah. you own a job in some respects, Correct. right? So when you have systems in place, then you could scale it then you could have other people work the system. And then, you know, me and you could go hang out somewhere and get our time back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> get the time back. Right. Of course. Now there's, I feel like people are on the fence about debt and credit and leverage and things like that. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your intake on that? <sighs> Again, so I, I have this discussion. I struggle with it when I talk with my clients, right, about that. So I don't do much of the like financial planning in the sense where it's like, oh, uh, get rid of uh, this debt and budgeting your monthly bills mm -hmm. and stuff like that because it is impossible for somebody like me to track everything that my clients, you know, um, their needs, their their bills. Mm -hmm. I, I just I I have a hard time doing it myself of sometimes, course, yeah. right? So, so I mainly deal with like retirement um, planning specifically um, and specific goals. Like, I want to buy a house in five years. I want a hundred thousand dollar down payment. How much do I need to start saving? You know, things sure. along those lines. But needless to say. I do think people over leverage. I think like the real estate market right now is kind of oh, nuts. Yeah. I'm hearing people tapping out retirement accounts and borrowing money and paying over, you know, exorbitant amounts over asking price yep. just because interest rates are low, it's free money. Yep. I think that that idea of free money needs to kind of change because it's free money until you have to pay it back. Right. Then you realize that wasn't free money. It was money. not free money. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with you that, you know, um, you know, the, the over-leveraging. Right, and, of course. over-borrowing. And, and, you know, I was talking with Charles about that, too, on our podcast. It kind of, you know, it could swing both ways, right? Um, but, yeah, some people are, you know, kind of over-leveraged. Yeah, of and course. you never want to be house poor where, you know. Right. You're working just for the house. The house, you know? yeah. No, mm -hmm. I, I definitely agree. It's funny because I just checked my credit score not not too long ago, and one of the things that was a strike on my credit score was I don't use it enough. Uh, I'm not in enough debt. Isn't that, that crazy though? In a way, and right. I'm just like, wait, I have to be in debt to have to have a higher. Well, they want to see a history, right? That you're right. You're you know borrowing and Correct. paying back. You're borrowing and paying back. Right. So they want to see that you know. I I just never fell into that mm -hmm. routine of you know, borrowing money, I guess. But it's funny, when I, when I was 18 years old, um, I didn't have any history, obviously, and I went to the bank and I got a secured credit card. I started out with literally like 500 bucks okay. of my own money and I put it down. And then over the years, my cr credit line increased. Mm -hmm. but like I said, I, I just never use it, which apparently is not a good thing. Right. <laughs> from you, the, you, should, you should have like, you know, um, I don't want to call it lines of credit because it sounds like a, a, right, a home right. equity loan. But, sure. yeah, credit is – listen, credit could be a good thing. And there are guys out there that talk about how you can leverage credit 
Um, I don't want to get into it too much here because sure. I don't want to make it seem like I'm advising this in any way. Of course. But there are guys out there who are saying, hey, use, lever uh, use credit to your advantage, especially in this low interest rate environment. And there's a lot to be said for that too. But like you, I'm cautious on debt. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and, it, and, and again, just bringing up uh, Dave Ramsey again, mm -hmm. I have a client who's heavy into Dave Ramsey too. He follows his plan, mm -hmm. bought into his uh, program. I think he has a program yes. paying off debt. There is one thing I disagree with on with Dave Ramsey. Please is, let us know. All right. So, Dave, if you're listening, <laughs> <laughs> who am I? To, right. But whatever. Um, he does talk about paying off debt at all costs. Right. So yes. Don't put into retirement and account. Leasing. Don't do this. Don't do that. Right. Don't spend any money. Just pay off right. all your debt, which is okay. But again, I know how much it takes to retire. So when you have some people who are not putting into a retirement account because they're saying, well, rather than put that couple hundred bucks into my 401k, I'm going to put it towards my debt. Now, what I would advise is, yeah, maybe if you want to scale down what you're putting in your 401k. Because you want to pay off your debt, that's okay. But you could walk and chew gum at the same time. Of course. So put more towards the debt than your 401k, let's say in this example. However, when you're not putting anything into your 401k, well, there's a couple of things that are happening. If you are working for an employer who matches contributions, well, you're missing. That is free money. Right. You're missing that added match, right? So if uh, I worked for an employer and they say, hey, for every dollar you put in, I'm going to put in a dollar or 50, 50 cents, right? I'll match mm -hmm. 50%. That is free money. You're missing on that, number one. And two, if you have the kind of market that we've been having the last couple of years, yes. you're missing out on that appreciation. Meanwhile, you're paying off this, like, you know, $25,000 debt right, or, right. or higher. You know, I mm -hmm. understand people have big debt, but you, you kind of have to, <laughs> you don't want to pass out on free money, market appreciation, because by the time you pay off all this debt, it could take a couple of years, and then, like I said, you, you're going to try to double up on what you weren't putting in to your retirement account. You can't make up that time. So Never, yeah. That's that's the one. I got you. One wrinkle. It's <laughs> he's, listen. He's good. Yeah. Um, I'm not. I'm not. You know, suggesting that uh, he doesn't have a good program or anything. Right. That's the one thing I disagree with. And he also mentions about leasing cars and things like that and mm -hmm. financing vehicles. What, what's your intake on that? It really depends. So if you um, – I've changed my, my thought on leasing cars more so uh, as time went on, mm -hmm. especially for business purposes. I'm a big fan of leasing uh, cars. What does Dave say? Buy them? Don't uh, – he says to not lease them because the amount, the amount you're paying on top of it and, mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Well, if you have a corporation, so it depends how you're structured for business right. too, right? So if you are not, you know, um, incorporated, if you don't have, you could lease a car through your business and it's an expense to the business. You could uh, write off the, of course. you know, so. The mileage and everything. Yeah. Well, besides the miles, you could write the whole thing off if it's right. owned by the corporation. Um Listen, again, there again is another good example, Mike, where you really have to weigh things out. There's no clear-cut way to say, hey, this is the way to do it. It depends on your circumstances, your business, your right. income. But we all know cars are a depreciating yes, asset. Absolutely. So even if you buy a new car yeah. and you buy it cash, the minute you drive it off the That's lot, it. bro, it's... It's done. It's gone down in yeah. value. <laughs> so... Yeah, so... Uh, 
Speaking of business, um, your son is a business owner. Mm -hmm. He's a real estate agent. Yep. Which I haven't met him yet, mm -hmm. but hopefully one day we'll connect some way somehow. Shout out Justin Soriano, <laughs> yeah. So shout out to Justin. Uh -huh. And what advice would you give him? Because I feel like he's in a position right now, young business right. owner, uh -huh. has you as his father just to guide him through, whether it's business or life, you know, <laughs> I'm looking at daughter my daughter as well. Yeah, I'm looking at my daughter. You know? Uh, my daughters listen to me more than my son does. So, okay. and I say that not to say <laughs> that my son doesn't listen. I'm I'm teasing. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you know, father son dynamic is a little different. And I was like this with my dad. Right? Mm -hmm. You want to you want to uh, build on your own. You know, it's like so we're so he's so busy trying to do his own thing, mm -hmm. get his own thing going. He knows I support him a hundred percent, but he's still at that age where it's like. Yeah, I'm gonna do it my way. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll see. I'll show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Kind of like I'll show. And I, I, I encourage it. Mm -hmm. You know, I want that to to happen. But a funny thing has happened with this whole Instagram and even me sitting across from you, Mike. I'm doing this because of my son. He kind of put me on in a way, right? Because he was in real estate. He's on Instagram. 2020 happened. Everything shut yeah. down. I'm watching all these realtors, I'm watching you, I'm watching all these different people. And I said, you know, I never thought to use Instagram the way the real estate community does to promote themselves, promote their business, to educate. Then I started doing that. I started following Justin and Dan O'Neill yep. and all of his crew, you mm -hmm. know, that he works with. Started following Charles. I started following Dan, um, Dean Miller and Matt and you. Great people, by the way. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you guys are following me back. I get to know you guys. One thing leads to another. And now I'm kind of like immersed in this whole yes. real estate community, although I'm not <laughs> in that line of work. That's so, awesome. Yeah. So Justin put me on. So regarding the, the whole father-son dynamic, do you ever feel like there, there could be a fine line of helping him and then enabling him mm -hmm. in a sense because sometimes you know parents might want to you know do everything for for their child their children right or they might just take a step back and say you know what let right. let them yeah so do you have kids mike no all right so here's the thing and and i asked that for a reason because you want to as a dad right never mind financial planner never mind this and that right He's my son. I want to help him. I want to help my daughters however I can. I want them all to be independent. I'd prefer if they all had some form or source of income that they were able to earn on their own, either in addition or without having a, you know, a job per se. Mm -hmm. 2020 also taught us how fragile that could be, right? Um, so, you know, I want to help as much as I can. He knows I'm here for him and anything he needs you know, as as much as possible, um, I'm going to provide for that. That's what being a dad is about. Same thing with my twin daughters. Um, but you want them to go out there on their own. Having the background that I did from Brooklyn, Brentwood, listen, you know, I, in some respects, am in a better position than my parents were, but that was because of the hard work my parents did to put me in that position, mm -hmm. me and my brother. Um, and then we want to do the same for our own kids. Of course. But you're right. There is a fine line on what you could do. And that's why when Justin says, yo, I'm doing my own thing. I got it. Let me yeah. do me and this and that. I'm like, okay, but I could probably help you get there a little of course, faster. Yeah. But if you want to do it that way, I respect it uh, entirely. And he knows what it is. Because some, so, 
some people, depending on their upbringing, um, having supportive parents or having successful parents can be crippling because mm -hmm. they get too comfortable. And yes, I was on a podcast with Handsome. I think you might have seen the episode. It was over the summertime, but like my- I did. And yeah. I was so impressed with that. That's when I reached out to you. I remember, yes. And I was just telling my daughter on the way here, after you meet Mike, I want you to watch his episode. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. So um, by the way, a couple of days ago, I actually had my own mother here on the podcast oh, show. Oh, that is. When's that coming out? I don't know yet. Okay. But I want to see that. Because I felt like in that episode, I only touched base on my upbringing, a few sentences here and there. Mm -hmm. Just that little segment alone, I got multiple messages after the podcast episode right. had dropped. So I just thought, you know what? I feel like maybe I should shed more light on it so people could really see why I am the way that I am as far as work ethic goes and everything You're hardcore, like that. man. That's the only way I know. Mm -hmm. and, and that goes because I never had the supporting parent figure and, and a father figure to show me the way. So my back was against the wall and I was just kind of like, whatever it takes to make, right. to make it happen. But looking back, that's the best thing that's it, ever happened to me. It, and man, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So being a dad, that's where it gets a little conflicting, right? Because when you hear about people who are, as you put it, super successful, super successful people to me are people who are happy. Yes. Right? That they're happy. Not rich, not, you know, some people are, are rich and not happy, and some people, they don't have much, and they are very happy. So to me, being successful is happy, number one. But in the typical sense, it's like you became a uh, basketball or a star athlete right. or an actor or something like this, and you always hear, or somebody in the music industry, and you always hear about the rough upbringing they had and how they didn't have. So we support you know, these yes. people, we would love to see people win like that, mm -hmm. right? And then to your point, you could have people who are just like, you know, they come from successful financial, uh, you know, stable households. Yep. They just were given stuff and yep. they don't understand or appreciate the struggle or the blessing that they have uh, to be in that position. And they have no drive either because... Sometimes that's a... Yeah. Very often that, that yep. could be the case too, you know, but there are people too, with that said, that have been given opportunities have those blessings, right. and they do have that drive. I admire yes. those guys as much as I do the people that came up with nothing because they could have very easily just said, yeah, you know, yeah. my parents set this up, and I'm just kind of running it. Yeah. But there's guys out there and girls, sure, um, women, young women doing that and, and taking it to the next level. Now, what, what transformation have you seen personally, whether it was from one of your clients that might have started out with you with, not much and you know they followed your your guidance and you know years down the road uh-huh they just evolved into a, a you know they just evolved and and put themselves in a completely different uh yeah position i guess you could say yeah so um that's that's a very interesting question so i had um i have two clients and one friend who is not a client mm -hmm. But I want to have, when I have a podcast, I'm going to have this woman on, and she's going to be amazing. I don't even want to give too much. I got you. But th there are some people who they, I learn from my clients a lot of times too, Mike. So, like, you know, I have one client who said he was going to open up an ice cream shop. You know, I don't even want to say where because I'll give of it course. away. But, mm -hmm. you know, and I says, that's not going to work. 
it worked. <laughs> Not only did it work, the guys started buying other stores and stuff wow. like that. So, you know, you can't put your limitations on somebody else. And in that case, I did. And mm-hmm. the same is true with um, the woman who's not a client of mine, but I saw her start out with a shop, um, you know, out in uh, Port Jeff. And I was wondering, like, you know, oh, that seems interesting, but I don't know how the heck you're going to make money doing this. Right. Um, not only is she doing well and still there many, many years later, I think she has like three or four locations now. Wow. Amazing story. So, again, this is the kind of thing. Um, but, you know, it made me realize that you can't discourage or you can't sometimes, you can't put on a whiteboard or a chalkboard and write out all the numbers. Sometimes things happen. You know what of I course. mean? And if you have that drive, which I know you do, Things ha- you got to be patient though, and things yes. can happen. But what I find with my clients is now being you know fifty two, as I mentioned, I have clients from when I was twenty, twenty five. Wow, look at thirty, that. and I see the evolution where now you know oh we that plan worked and yes. we got my kids through school, Amazing. and my house is paid for now. Wow, and now they they have kids who are in their early twenties, just mm. like I do. So now I'm working with the, like, next generation. Passing on the information. And I'm more amped now than I was 25 years ago because <laughs> I know a lot more now 25 years of in course. than I did then. And that's why with the young uh, realtor in the real estate community here mm-hmm. on Long Island, I'm so, like, amped to help them out because it's like, yo, I know what we need to do now. Yeah. This is how it's done and, and, and getting them set up. They have the knowledge but you have the wisdom, and both go hand in hand. Yeah, and I, I'm learning this past year to get out of my comfort zone, even doing something like this. If you would have told me last year <laughs> I'd be doing something like that. <laughs> me too. I, never. Me neither. But me neither. you young guys are giving me that energy. So Yeah, and that's definitely credit to Charles because, you know, Charles always emphasizes, you know, yeah. just go out there and do it. And um, one thing I've taken from him, and I don't do it as well as him, but – Sometimes I'll just jump out there and not have everything set in motion, and then I'll right. figure it out kind of after I've already pulled the trigger. Mm-hmm. But I kind of look back like at least I started something. Because, yes. you know, let's face it, you know, my podcasts aren't perfect. I don't know everything from A to Z how to do this. But can I tell you, that's <laughs> awesome. That's why don't they're know good it. because— It's organic. Yeah. That's, that's what's up. That's what people want to see. They don't want to see all this— polished stuff and yeah you know everything's so scripted exactly. like you know you you have a concept you have an idea and your heart's in the right place more than anything mm-hmm. that's what comes across of course and it, in this current day and age right now in the current events what what should people know right now that that's currently going on well from your standpoint yeah so like from my standpoint i think everybody should have some sort of side hustle no matter what that might be. I think everybody has a talent. I think everybody has a gift. I think everybody has some sort of skill mm-hmm. that they could leverage to earn money on their own or in uh, or on their own and in addition to whatever they might be doing through their, um, you know, employer. Like if you have a job, you don't have to depend on just a job. You know, I'm big into that whole side hustle. Yes. Community too. So I have many, many people who I work with who have a nine to five, but they also have a dream. And yes. that might be, and some people don't have a dream that they right. want to leave their job. Like, mm-hmm. no, I love my job. I want to stay at my job. 
I right. listen, we live on Long Island. It's expensive out here. Yes, it is. I need some more income, but I'm not going to go work a part-time job somewhere. I right. could do this. I and could build do that. something. Um, so it's awesome. And one of the one of the more inspiring stories, and this is another young man I want to have on a podcast. Um, he started a card detailing business, like right out of his home. Mm-hmm. Does amazing work. Shout out, Evan. Um, and uh, it goes to show you, like the youth, they have that uh, confidence. Mm-hmm. I feel. Unlike my generation, when we were coming up, we were told, like, go to school. Yep. Got to go to college. You have to. Yep. If you don't, like, you know. You're a failure. Yeah. That's <laughs> not true. Yeah. Um, and once you get out of school and you get a job, you stay in that job. If you get a job, stay there for mm-hmm. 25, 30 years, yep. retire. Happily ever after. It's not happily ever after. <laughs> and, um, you know, the young generation realizes that. I think I think the, the tide is kind of changing with that whole Absolutely. Way of thinking. Mm-hmm. And outside of work and business and things like that, you also, you cycle, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. Uh, I was heavy into cycling yeah. for a long time. I was um, I was even a spin instructor at one time. Wow. Just because I liked it. Of course. You know what I mean? I didn't, obviously, <laughs> you're not going to make any money doing that. Right, right. But yeah, I got heavy into cycling as a result of getting into spin. Okay. See, everything with me, it's like one thing leads to another, Absolutely. to another, of to course. another. It evolves. So I was going to the gym. I see everybody getting into this whole spin thing, which was like really big about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. You know, I can check it out. And then my wife took me. She says, oh, they're having a class for couples on Valentine's Day. It happens to be, you know, the date we're doing this tomorrow. Valentine's yeah. Day is tomorrow. Yeah. So we did a Valentine's Day spin, you know, yeah. couple spin or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I got into it because I used to DJ as a kid back in Brooklyn. I used to freestyle. Uh, Bro, I did everything. <laughs> <laughs> I used to fix bikes as a kid, you okay. know, a Brooklyn kid, you know, of course. putting stuff together. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, I got a new bike. Um, so this was kind of like a combination. It was music, the lights were off, and, you know, yeah. you're on a bike. I After the class, I told my wife, I think I could do this. I could be an instructor. She goes, you are out of your mind. <laughs> There's no way. So I took that as a challenge. Yeah. Started looking into it. Took the course. Got certified, started, uh, you know, I was a spin instructor at Energy Fitness, Gold Mm -hmm. Gym. And then through that, I met some guys who were into cycling. Then I got hooked up into cycling. And they're like long distance, right? Like, yeah, guys would cycle for, I mean, how long? We would, on like a short ride for us is like a 20 mile ride. Yeah. On weekends, we were doing 50 miles, 60 miles, and then on occasion, 100 mile rides. We got to the point where we did some rides around Puerto Rico, La Vuelta. Wow. Puerto Rico. Three days, 375 miles around Puerto Rico. Wow, that must have been amazing. Yeah, so the longest ride I ever did in one clip was 150 miles or so. So, yeah, I was heavy. And I want to get back into that because I I feel like that's what got me away from getting up in the morning, going to the gym. Like, I would work out all winter. Mm -hmm. Knowing the other end is going to be spring and summer, which was my Cycle. riding season, right. cycling season. Yep. Um, and we got away from that because as we get older, right. kids, mm-hmm. work, you know. I started by no means what I consider myself someone who, who cycles. But I think it was, it was last year around when COVID first hit. Mm-hmm. And it was around this actually the springtime. It was the first nice. I'm sorry. It was the first week where there's actually nice weather and i just thought i was like all right i have to get a bike right now because 
within this month. Oh, when COVID could, hit, yeah. everybody was looking for a bike. Yes. You couldn't find a bike anywhere. I lucked out. I don't even know how this happened, but the first week of like, it was actually nice out. I was uh -huh. like, I got to get a bike right away. And then I got my bike and I was hooked. I started going on trails and, and started every weekend. Yep. Just uh, the Massapequa. Um, the trails. Yes, there's that one. There's so many, yeah, there's so, so there's many. different yeah. types of riding that people don't understand, yep. right? There's, you know, you could road ride, which is like, right. what looks like a 10, what people used to call 10 speed bikes. Yeah. You go on trails, mm -hmm. on mountain bikes. There's yep. fat bikes now with these big, yes. huge tires. You could take yep. them to the beach and ride. I so, did a, I, I was in Sedona, Arizona for my birthday and mm -hmm. me and my buddy, we went, uh, we went riding in like the mountains, but that was another challenge that I couldn't even like, I couldn't keep up. It yeah. was so challenging. I was like, I it's, don't know how it is do different. This. It yeah. is different. And like I said, back in my spin days, I thought I was in really good shape and I was, and the guys, Orlando and Rich, my two boys who got me into cycling, mm -hmm. you know, especially Orlando, he was like, yeah, let's go for a mountain bike. And I was like, I'm going to take it easy on this guy because, you know, right, right. I spin every day <laughs> like this guy, you know, he's a weekend warrior. Right. Bro, that was a whole nother thing. It is. I was smoked. And yep. um, so, yeah, it's, it's, but it's a lot of fun. I got a lot of enjoyment out of it. Of course. And I want to get back into it. Now, you had mentioned, I think it was on our first Zoom, you know, we were making the introduction and mm -hmm. you mentioned, I think you've been married for how long now? Man, too long. Too long? <laughs> no, I've been married 27 years. Now, you were giving us, us younger guys, you know, just advice and just things like that. I so. was, okay, I gotta be careful what I so, say here. My wife might be watching yeah. this. Okay. So what what do you think is is one of the key elements to like a long-term relationship? All right, that's a good question. So. The blessing I've had in my relationship with my wife, mm -hmm. shout out Julie, is that we literally kind of raised each other. You understand? Okay. We came from like not much. Mm -hmm. We had great families, still have great families. Um, that was the bond we had. We always kept that in mind. But what I always say is I don't, I don't have a um, husband-wife mentality mm -hmm. with my wife. I think of her as like my girlfriend. Yes, that's what you had. Yeah, yeah. That's maybe what you were talking yes, about. Was exactly I talking about that? that? Yeah. That, yeah. So if you treat your wife like your girlfriend, you're always trying to win her over, right? Mm -hmm. If you start thinking of her as your wife, now, obviously, she's my wife, bro, right? Of it looks course, like yeah. ride or die. Nothing's going right. to But when you think from the, like, you know, maybe it's, it's kind of like... Uh, Perfect timing since we're so close to Valentine's Day to yes. bring out my softer side, right? We're talking right. about the romance. Right. You got to keep that uh, component of alive course. in the relationship, right? So, yeah, that's what I do. In my mind, I'm thinking like she's my girlfriend and some other guy could maybe win her over right, right. if I'm not staying on top of my game. You got to keep them on their toes and likewise and, you know, yes, not get too comfortable, yeah. things like that. But don't don't get it twisted. Sometimes I'm a jerk <laughs> and I'm the husband, and you know your butt heads. But it's always short lived with her and I, and um, we have a we have a beautiful relationship and a long relationship. I think because of that. Right. So. Yeah. I always ask people, you know, just from you know um, their own dynamics. So, for example, my mother's uncle. He's been married with. They've been together for 41 years. Wow. And. Um, it's funny too because on Facebook, I kid you not, pre-COVID obviously, but 
they would be out in Miami on the weekends. They would mm-hmm. salsa. They would be dancing at the nightclub yeah. e- every weekend. Yep. And I'm just like, man, that's something that I want when I'm older. All right, you know? Mike. So now I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit you down, young oh, man. No. Even though you're sitting down, but that's another thing. I think as much as I respect all you young guys, mm-hmm. and I was talking about this with Charles. Shout out Charles. I wanted to shout him out before. Of course. That guy has done a lot for a lot of people on Including Long Island. Myself. I think it's it's underestimated even the impact he's had with people on Long Island mm-hmm. as far as putting themselves out there, social media, podcasting, mm-hmm. believing in themselves, chasing a dream. So I'm just going to leave that out there. But I have strong feelings for that guy, and I'm shout out Charles. Of course. But one thing I'll say, and I'm not attributing this to him necessarily, but all of you young guys are always talking about work, 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 work. I'm guilty of that. And I'm up at four in the morning yep. and I'm going to bed reading books at midnight yeah. and it's all about work. It cannot be this has to stop. We got to like chill a little bit. Yeah. You got to have time for yourself. Mm-hmm. I like to do like five things, right? Things that I enjoy doing on my own, whether it's going to the gym, riding a bike, mm-hmm. whatever. Things just with my spouse, right? We have date night, sure. whatever. Things with my kids and, you know, as a family. Mm-hmm. Things with my extended family, right? Mm-hmm. My mom and, um, you know, cousins and sure. family reunions, things like that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, you know, also things with friends. You got to go out with your boys once in yeah. a while and hang out. It can't just be all this work. Yeah. It's like I, I'm going to call a little bullshit on this 24-7 yeah, work yeah. mentality. I'm guilty of that. You got to live a little bit. Oh, I because that's what you uh, what are you working for? You want to work so you can enjoy yourself. One hundred percent. So you're bringing up that your uncle has this successfully long, yes. happy relationship. They're in Miami. They're yeah. salsa dancing. They're doing all this yes. stuff. Obviously, they're not working all the time. They're doing something right. Right. And again, Mike, you cannot get this time back. You got to keep that in perspective too. So I'll just absolutely I'll no. Back. Yeah, that's that's definitely something. I feel like I I don't have a balance right now. And mm-hmm. I don't have a an off switch when it comes to what I'm working towards, and, right. and it's kind of a it's a good problem to have at the moment because two years ago I didn't have any of this because mm-hmm. I, I was just grinding to get my name out. You know how it is when you're oh, yeah. starting out. And, and listen, it's a good yeah. problem to have. But what I'm saying is, once you start realizing, okay, I got some traction under yes. me, and you know, I, I'm I'm starting to accomplish some things. Yeah. By no means am I saying stop, slow down, rest on your laurels. Mm. Not at all. Mm-hmm. Again, being a guy much older than you, yeah. I'm still out here doing things I never thought I would do. I'm still pushing things. I'm still getting out of my comfort zone, and I'm still trying to grow. Mm. But at the same time, there's times to work. There's yes. times to chill. There's times to do things with your Absolutely. family. You know, so the balance thing. I'm big yes. on that, and and you know, whatever. I'm definitely going to take I might that. get beat up on that. No, if you no, chop no. that up, it'll be like, No, no, man. no. No, 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 because that, that, that's a very valid point, and, and I'm definitely going to apply that. And I'm not just saying that because you're here on my show. No, but, I know that. But I'm definitely going to uh, apply that. So with that being said, um, Lou, I can't thank you enough for all the gems that you just dropped for the audience. Thank you for having me. No problem. And... Um, most important, how can people get a hold of you, follow you on social media, Okay, um, all that stuff? Yeah, so um, you get a hold of me directly at my office, 631-236-5842. And social media, I'm Lou Soriano CFP on just about everything, but primarily on Instagram. That's where, you know, I kind of put all my content on yes. Instagram and then I share it everywhere else. Yes. But I'm on Facebook, uh, Instagram, 
LinkedIn, Lou Soriano CFP. And thanks again, Mike, for having me. I really appreciate it. My pleasure.